0: Riker! <laughs> and another. What? Thank you. Good night. What? That was liquid football. Uh. Shit! He must have a
1: foot like a traction engine. The bruises in the pudding the pudding in this case is a football move eight by goal the goalie has got football pie all over his shirt welcome to this episode of the down the foot podcast uh apologies once again for not having an episode last week uh all gary's fault Um <laughs> Wanker just just he has got priorities and unfortunately our
0: listeners or our listener is not uh, a priority
1: for for Gary. So uh how's things going, Gary?
0: Not too bad. I've got a bit of a bit of a cold tonight, so popped a couple of Advil prior to coming on, and I think that's like the podcasting version of um painkilling injections to get you through the ninety minutes. So hopefully that'll be <laughs> enough to see me through. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so if I'm a bit hoarse, that's why.
1: I went out to watch the the game last night, so I'm I'm feeling a little bit tender myself too. So,
0: where did you go to the point?
1: I I was gonna go to the point, but then I ended up going to my usual spot, the Loose Cannon, and put it put it on my phone, and we just sat at the bar and watched. It oh, on nice! My phone. Yeah, so it was it, it was actually quite nice. Uh, like, cause there wasn't that many people there, and I actually was able to like kind of focus in the game, and yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Anyway,
0: you you, so, you swear you swear by their Guinness, don't you? Loose um,
1: it's this is not an advert for the loose cannon whatsoever, but <laughs> although they do want to sponsor the show, the more than No, uh, it's really good. Like, if anybody is into Guinness, like, there's they just have a knack, they just have it down to a T. So, yeah, um, definitely worth checking out if you're a Guinness. Drinker like myself, um. So getting into the game, um. I I guess I guess a bit the standout thing for me on this one was was kind of like the obviously we had Jake Ruby come back uh, at left back, and then Mo Omar was suddenly back in midfield. So how did you see how we lined lined up
0: uh, formation wise? When I first saw that on Twitter yesterday, and saw because they posted a graphic with the list of names, don't they? And I was just looking at it going, I don't know, like I could I, I had about fifteen different guesses of what that might look like, which is which is a really impressive actually, because like people like you, yourself and me and anyone listening to this probably, like we're we're proper in the trenches. We're like the weird the weird obsessives, aren't we, who like will just gobble up any bit of content, who like walk the dog or or think about the club on a drive. We were like constantly thinking about the club, thinking about lineups and stuff, we're like proper sad, to be honest. We should, yep. have, we should have better lives. But <laughs> the fact that like us a lot look at that lineup and have no real clue what it's going to look like, that's really good. Because if we don't have a clue what that looks like, Tommy Wilden Jr. certainly doesn't have a clue what that looks like either. Um, so the fact that we're that unpredictable is, yeah, it's very good. Um. I had a, like, I looked at that and I was like, all right, we've got, we've got kind of four centre-backs if you're yeah well maybe even five centre-backs because Ruby can be a centre-back as well like five centre-backs but only two centre-backs will play like so which one of them's going into midfield it could be it could be Kale Offrey because he played there in college or it could be Omar like that felt like the most logical person to go into midfield and then the game starts and like you kind of assume all right Omar I played as a six for us before played as a six in college um our most defensive midfielder, he's probably going to be playing in the most defensive midfield position. But then you see him and you're like, oh, he's, he's playing as an eight. He's playing close to their goal. What's going on here? And it was just like, it it was kind of in stages, just trying to figure out what that looked like. And to be honest, even after watching the game back today, like I couldn't get like a really clear read on it, to be honest, It, it was very rotational. And Omar was a six, then he was an eight. And then, rampy was a six then he was an eight and then i mean lorenzo was like a second striker sometimes he was he was pressing their center backs alongside teo cologne and then he was also a six and like i don't know if you use sofa the sofa score app but on there if you go into our lineup on there and click on the players you can look at the heat map for each player oh wow so it just and it, it kind of and you can also click on like there's, a, there's an image they use where it kind of aggregates the most common area of the pitch each player was in and like kind of plonks them there so you can get like an idea of where everyone was playing. And if you, like, I encourage anyone to go onto the app to look at our, our map for that game. Basically, every single player except Daniel Nimick and I think... Um, I think um, Campagna at right back, every other player is basically in exactly the same position in the middle of the pitch, like really, really narrow. And I don't think that's because we were playing really narrow. I think it's just that everyone was rotating so much that they all spent a little bit of time in the middle of the pitch. Um, Like Avan Daniels as well, like nominally a left winger, I suppose, but also a 10 and also a striker and also a centre midfielder. It was just, it was fascinating. Actually. It was like, it's like watching some like distant stars, like re- like <laughs> trying like move around each other, and yeah. So I I haven't really got a clue what it was, but I I enjoyed it.
1: So like um, it was great to see uh, uh Mister Ruby back uh, in the lineup. He just it feels so bad from because he's a, he's a really good player and he's a very good utility player too because the positions he plays in, he always plays really well. Uh, his reading of the game is really good. His distribution is really good. Um, so it was, but it was still kind of odd seeing him kind of on the the left wing kind of thing. But uh, so how did you think that he made out on uh, which technically wouldn't be his uh, his um, assigned position
0: again? Yeah, another player whose role was really interesting because, like you said, he, he ended up on the left wing a lot of the time and would kind of play kind of with a back three, but then he would tuck back in as well. Um, I used to to be a bit weird about full backs playing like on their weaker side, but I've come round to it over the last year or so, just seeing a lot of top teams doing it. And kind of, if you're a a left back who's right footed, like he is, you naturally kind of like control the ball with your back to the touchline. So it doesn't really matter if you're using your left foot or your right foot, because he's not overlapping and crossing. So you need a left footer there if they're overlapping and crossing. But like in our team, in the way Patrice plays, like our fullbacks are more, more like stabilizers, aren't they? Like if you think about like when a kid's learning to ride a bike and they have the stabilizing wheels on, like that's what the fullbacks are for us. They're to, they're to allow our attacking players to do all of this rotational stuff because they're kind of solidly always going to be there. Rarely, like rarely getting anywhere near the opposition box. Like, can you, can you, can you picture Christian Campagna who played right back being anywhere near the, the cavalry 18 yard box didn't happen. Ruby did because I think Aiden Daniels was tucking in so much there was a need for Ruby to do that. But yeah, no, but yeah, I thought I thought he was good. He he's always good. Like he always he always comes back after we haven't seen him for six months. Like we're fucking putting his picture on milk cartons and then he, <laughs> he, ro- he then he rocks back up and he's always like, all oh, right, yeah, he's back. Seven out of ten. Seven point five out of ten. So reliable and hopefully he was taken off to like. For, for load management reasons rather than injury. I I,
1: I heard he had a uh a niggle so let's hope that uh everything's okay cuz like I, you know at the press like not to go back into the really press box, but at the press box like the, the as you know like the players who aren't playing watch the game usually from up there right. and like just seeing him in there like so much like kind of it's just you know you, you know he wants to get out there and play and, and all that kind of stuff and it just seems to be like really weird niggly injuries like that are like just affecting them. And I really hope that the medical team get it right for him because he's a great player to have around because as I said, he can play in so many positions that it's it's just great to have somebody like that. Um I did I did want to kind of just touch a little bit on, you know, we kind of started off okay and then uh Calvary really got it got into the game and they were like like just before the goal and just after it, the first goal that they scored, they were putting us under immense pressure. Like we were finding it hard to to, to break the press. We were re- finding it really hard to even get over our, our own half of times. So what did you think, what do you think that they did uh, like to be able to do that? Like, was there a particular, like I felt a little bit that they were kind of honing in a, a lot on Lorenzo and weren't allowing him to play his normal game. Like Charlie Trafford was kind of buzzing around them quite a lot and not giving them the, the time and space that he's kind of had in his opening couple of games. And I felt that kind of slowed down our play a little bit that we didn't have him just being able to, Do his usual thing. But was was there anything in particular that you saw that like made it the game kind of turn in their favor?
0: I think cavalry are just like turnover monsters. Like you said, Charlie Trafford, Jesse Daly, they're they're just very, very aggressive and they they're so good at winning the ball back high. Like and centrally as well. Like they it's all well and good, like winning the ball back on the wings, but you can't really hurt a team too quickly there. But if you win the ball back in central areas, then Bam, within two seconds, you're in on goal. And yeah, Charlie Trafford, Jesse Daly, just just so good at that. And they were just snapping into... a which Whoever was playing as the six at any time or was part of the double pivot, they were just snapping into them the second they got the ball. And they were really good at breaking our connections. Like, if you think about kind of a, a team at its best, like if you think about like a little invisible spring connecting everyone and like... Cavalry we just went around cutting that string, just like breaking the connections that they squeezed us so well. Like they, they stepped up and they squeezed us so well that sometimes the distances between our midfield and Teo Cologne were just so, so big. And we'd kind of try and hit him long because there was no space to play through the thirds. And if it didn't stick to him, it would come right back. If we did try and play through the thirds, Charlie Trafford, Jesse Daly... Would just punch in and take it off us, and yeah, it was it was it was a good like twenty minute spell where we were really really under the cosh, and we and I felt like we hadn't really got our legs yet, which is something that happens a lot in this league. I think when teams have to travel quite a long yeah. way, like slow starts because you're you've been sitting on a plane for five hours the day before. You like, probably haven't slept as well because you're in a different time zone, and uh, we we see it a lot with teams who come to Wanderers grounds. They're terrible in the first half, but then wake up a bit second half, and mixture of all those things. And yeah, we just we just couldn't find our legs for a little while.
1: I was I was actually quite surprised that we left quite late to go to Calgary. Not to Calgary, I, I thought that was <clears throat> when did <laughs> they leave. I think they left like maybe like like Thursday or Friday. It, it was kind of late. Like like I was, I was talking to um, uh, O'No Callahan who is with York, and he kind of mentioned that they they're playing in the Pacific tonight, and they're flying direct to Halifax, and they're going to actually spend the week here in Halifax, like oh, well. train. So uh, that's kind of probably play against us. Like as you just mentioned, there normally when teams come here, they kind of get off to a slow start. Um, Any idea
0: they're- where they're staying, York?
1: Well, i i i would imagine now that because like they're a bit tight on money, there's probably like a
0: caravan park or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> they're
1: they're like camping out on the commons or something.
0: I, I have no idea, but I'm just I'll have a word with the chef see if he can cook him up a nice lasagna the day before the game.
1: The a re- a re- a the nice, a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice special Tottenham up Spurs. Oh, uh, yeah. fucking hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I I just do it. You know, it is a huge part of the game here that like the, the traveling and it does really affect them. But like we were just like under so much pressure. And then like the, the goal itself, like, like Rampy got caught, uh, was looking for the foul. And then what it like, you know, Jan had no chance with that. Like that was a beautiful finish, wasn't it, from uh, Ali Moosey? Mm.
0: Yeah, no chance at all. And and on like flying in late, I think like in a league like this, where the 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 budgets aren't huge, one extra night in a hotel room for, say, 20, 25 staff, 150 $200 each for an extra night. It really adds up, doesn't it? So yeah, I'd time. imagine like baked into the budget is like a few times a season they do that. Um, but they're probably picking the moment and going when when it gets kind of to the business end of the season and they really need those marginal gains, do it then. Um, but yeah, yeah, great goal, Ali Moussi. I thought he was really good all game. Yeah. He's, he's a player who, very hit and miss, isn't he? Like he, he goes from looking like a world beater to looking like he's got two right feet very, very quickly. But I, I, you could see straight away he was switched on and bang on it. And yeah, Rampy just... I thought it might have been a foul the first time I saw it, but I watched it back and it wasn't. Um, and and I also thought, oh God, maybe no one was giving him a passing option. Also not true. cable Loffrey was available waiting for a pass. So I do think that probably is on Rampy, that goal. Um, doesn't make many mistakes, so yeah. you, can't, you, can't you can't be, be too... anything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, great finish. Nothing Yang could have done either.
1: So, so just right after that, and obviously we're going to get into... Mm-hmm uh talking about penalties uh, a little bit later but uh there was a a show for penalty for for calvary and being on like ian hume had said in 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 the commentary that he thought it was a penalty and it kind of looked like one so like i I think we got away with it uh so like this is the thing like i know people like people are really upset um at the quality of um the, the officiating and all that kind of stuff but uh i i to me i think we got away with one there did you see the incident yourself
0: yeah, I can't like to be honest. I can't, I haven't watched it back, but at the time I, I didn't think it was a penalty. But that's a 24 hour old memory now, so it could be. Yeah, I trust you if you've watched it back. And Yeah, like it, it kind of
1: like it just looked like that, you know, he kind of missed time, and obviously, like the, the they were looking for it too, but like he kind of missed time in his tackle. So it's it, like it's kind of a lot of stuff is very relative, but um, just to kind of uh move on a little bit to. Obviously, like the end of the half, like we just kind of just turned on a dime and just it. We just went, we just went off on one, and uh, mm. like the. uh I really think that, like, I I told, like last year that Zach Fernandez was very underappreciated in the league, and he wasn't nominated for any of the awards that were put up, and I I thought that was kind of a bit of a, a bit of a mistake, like like this this role he's playing now, like. He's 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 playing so well. He's what a like what a what a player. And I think like Patrice is really bringing the best out of him too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I like like we were talking about the fullbacks earlier. I don't think he his stylistically he suits being a fullback in our team anymore. Um, But he absolutely does suit being one of those wide forwards, and he's actually probably our most important wide forward our most important attacking player i'd say because he does something that none of the others can do and he he's just like super fast can nick it around the interior and just sorry the exterior and just chase the ball down and get crosses in and and kind of make those second third man runs to be the person that gets the ball at the end of a move and so important for us and an excellent profile of right back for us as well because you, d- you don't want to become too predictable. It's, it's all well and good being a really good passing team, but you don't want to become predictable. You need someone who can break games open. You need someone who you can hit with a long diagonal, who you can like slide in down the channel. You can't just pass your way through teams all the time. And the thing I like, all knew is a good player. And like when he started in the, that role, I thought he'd be good there, but I, I didn't anticipate this much end product this quickly as well. Um, and it's uh, two really good goals from similar from similar scenarios as well. So it's obviously something they work on. But uh, I, I must, like, you know, the
1: that goal, like, I mean, any striker would would be proud of that finish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like in the first half, you had one where you kind of, it was kind of like a half chance and you kind of snatched at it, which you can kind of understand. But, I mean, just the composure, you know, like it's, you just don't expect it from somebody who's like, isn't technically a striker to be able to do that. Like, I, I I was so impressed
0: with it. And he he almost did what your coach not to do. Like, any any coach in that position would say to the player, like, drill it across the goalkeeper, like a cross goal into yeah. the far corner. But what he does, he kind of opens up his ankle a little bit and side-foots it into, into the near post, which is, and I don't think the goalie was expecting that either. Carducci kind of looked a bit wrong-footed because he'll face that sort of shot, in training all week, and every single time the player will lash it across him into the bottom corner. So, yeah, clever finish.
1: Yeah, and, and even for our first goal, uh, Carducci seemed a little bit flat-footed for that too. Uh, like it was the when, when the ball came in, it didn't even I didn't even know that it didn't even look like we'd we'd actually uh, like uh, Coloma had actually like hit it to be honest. Um, but he got like the slightest of nick, which probably put Carducci off. But to build a play to that one too was. Exceptional, like uh, I, 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 they were moaning for something, which I, I'm sure after every goal, every team seems to moan for something. <laughs> but did, like, did you see anything in the build-up that they were, could have been complaining about? Like, it was I, kind of I, weird.
0: I think they were saying it was offside, and it wasn't oh. offside. That's what I, I think they were moaning at. Um, but it was, it was a confusing goal, wasn't it? Because I, I thought, I didn't think Colombo touched it at first. I thought yeah, Renzel me too. Had scored.
1: Yeah, and then when you watch it, like that, that Nick was like super important because mm. that kind of just took it beyond. Uh, Carducci, but yeah, like the, the build up again, like you know, and Patrice had talked before the season about uh, a brand of attacking football, and da 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 da, and like you can see that, you know, like even for Fernandez, like uh, like uh, Daniel's layoff was was perfect, you know, mm. it's like we have some really technically good players, it it like it it's it's coming together, and it, it was just a shame that. This kind of went against us, you know?
0: If if you want to see um like the platonic ideal, the perfect example of what Patrice wants the team to look like, there's a move in around the fifty-second, fifty-third, fifty-fourth minute. I don't really know which one. And it just all clicks all of a sudden. Jan's got it, Jan rolls out to the centre back, the centre back hits the fullback, the fullback pops it back in, they pop it into the middle, the middle pops out to the winger, and we build through the thirds, like making all these little shapes and You watch it and go, ah, okay, that's like, that's the pattern play they work on all week in training. It was perfect. Um, And I feel like every week we get closer to that being something repeatable throughout a game rather than just kind of coming off a few times a match. Um, But yeah, if if anyone gets the time, I think it's like the 54th, 54th, 55th minute or something. It's complete Patrice Ball. It's what he wants to do.
1: Lovely, lovely. Um, just just mentioning Jan there. It seems like we talk about him every episode, but
0: uh... I haven't. I've been looking for him in Walmart, mate, but no sign of him. I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been I've been leaving him notes around the shop. You a... <laughs> know, uh, he, he's getting like
1: he's getting like a. I, I think he's kind of gone up upmarket and he shops at Pete's now. So does uh, he? Yeah, but mate uh... like, yeah,
0: Pete, Pete Pete's Pete's British section always makes me laugh. It's just like a load of pot noodles and some salad cream, and they're like. <laughs> And then they've got a picture of, like, a a phone box or something and and one of the Queen's guards.
1: And it's it's always, like, they always have, like, random stuff that you know that nobody, like, would eat back in England. Like, you know, they have, like...
0: Tinned haggis.
1: Yeah, or, uh, like... The microwavable spotted dick, like I mean, is yes. there, are English people like microwaving spotted <laughs> dick on a Sunday, like you know what? I mean? what, what kinda... the,
0: they've, they've taken like a, a characteristic of like a, a wealthy English gentleman <laughs> and gone right. What do what do eighty five year old wealthy English gentleman <laughs> eat and what are they what are they into? And they've <laughs> they've basically built their British uh, section around that rather uh, than and,
1: and even like the cereals, like y- like you know, like when you. Uh, if you go to like the, the, the foreign sections in any other places, like you know, the American one will have lucky charms because we don't really get them here and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like it's like Alpen. Like you can literally go to any <laughs> store here and get Alpen. It's like I'm sure there's not much of a difference between UK Alpen and Canadian Alpen, to be perfectly Big honest. Time, but, yeah. uh,
0: I, I lived in I lived in South Korea for a few years, um, and the like the American section of the supermarkets there. Was just spam, just like t- <laughs> just cans of spam. <laughs> it's funny
1: what other people's perception, I guess, is of people's yeah. Uh, yeah and that's like, um, obviously we're not going to get any sort of sponsorship from pizza after this. But the the the, <laughs> the it, I've kind of mentioned before on the show the British bakery out in in Bears Lake. They have a really good selection mm. of stuff that you would actually see a home yeah, or, yeah. Or in the UK. So it's you know uh, definitely.
0: I went there and there was like eight people queuing up to pay for their stuff. Every single one of them had at least two loaves of Warburton bread. Yeah. And that it's... is what they're making a kid in on Warburton's bread.
1: Yep. Yeah. And they're they make their own sausages and they're like proper yeah. sausages from back home. Uh yeah, so it's it's definitely worth tripping. Anyways, moving away from us uh, <laughs> uh turning this into a food podcast. Uh so so the second half then then's or bread well the second half then it was kind of like almost like it was, uh, each team was kind of cancelling each other out almost like you know we mm. seemed we seemed you know not not too concerned about what, like you know we, we looked like we were in control uh, like we weren't getting too they weren't getting too many chances and then obviously um, we have to talk about now the, the penalty incident so um,
0: what are your thoughts on it well, it wasn't the penalty, is is like the only I think that's the only thing you can really say about it. Like the, the ref's massively, massively fucked up. So basically, like it, it annoys it annoys me because as soon as it happened, I was like, oh god, we're gonna have to talk about this because ref stuff is so boring, isn't it? But yeah, he like he made that decision with Kale Loffrey's back to him. So you have to be absolutely certain if the player's back to you if the player has their back to you, that it's hit an arm. And he couldn't have been certain because it didn't hit his arm. Um, the fact that the the assistant has not called him over because the assistant's staring right at it. The, the assistant can see exactly what happened. The fact that he doesn't have a word with him and say, no, it wasn't a penalty. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just an awful, awful decision. And it's cost us... Cost us three, cost us two points. So, yeah, I don't know what, what what did you make of it? Like, what else can be said?
1: Well, you, you know, like I, the, the big thing for me from it um, is, as you mentioned us there, like the, the linesman or the 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 lines person uh, or the assistant referee, whatever mm. we call them now, like he he was the one that should have stepped in there and said, no, that's not a penalty. Like you you've got it wrong and. You wonder, like, is it like like were they afraid to say something, or you know, because they don't want to undermine the referee, or mm. like, do they do they actually think it was a handball? <laughs> you you know what I mean? Like, you kind of wonder, like, like I, I, in those situations, and obviously, like, you never get to hear like anything from the officials afterwards, which is kind of a shame in in a way that, like, you know, you can kind of walk you through their processes. Like that that's the thing for me is that you know, like, there was no communication between the 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 one person who actually had a full on view of it, talking to the person who couldn't have seen it properly, um like Ian Hume had made a really good point on 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 one soccer there that like that the trajectory wasn't right for him to hit his hand you know what I mean so it didn't make any sense like where the ref came from uh like w- like where he
0: was seeing it and. The pace he gave the decision at as well like he didn't think about it he just was like boom penalty and like in moments like that you need to take a you need to take half a second a second to really
1: and and that's breath. and that's the thing like I, I, and that's what i mean like like why why didn't he himself like like go okay like i think it's a penalty let me go talk to the big decision let me go talk to the uh the linesman and, and say hey like, what did you see? You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's, you're right. Like, and they, they kind of mentioned that too. Like, on, I, I thought the uh, the chat they had on one soccer was actually pretty good because you had Ian Hume, was obviously like, and like he's played at the top level. And then mm. Jordan Wilson, who's just coming from the CPL. And Jordan Wilson made the exact uh, the um, reference that you did that It was like, it's too quick. Like, why is he not taking a second? Like, nobody's going to think any less of him if he takes a second to think on it or or yeah. whatever. And um, it's kind of it's kind of good hearing from somebody who's played in the league, saying that you know it's not good enough, you know. And I think it's it seems to be like a running team now, and it's obviously this league can't afford to have video system referees. So I think anybody who think, and I know there's a a mini version of it you can have and all that kind of stuff, and but but like we we don't we won't have that tomorrow. So mm-hmm. something needs to be done where you know like the. The officials need to like. There has to be a dialogue to um to, to try and fix it because it just seems that's all we're having conversations about. You know, it's like a uh, like I know I think somebody had mentioned in the, the the press conference afterwards about when we played Vancouver the penalty that we should have have should have had in that game. I didn't actually think that was a penalty, but hmm. but but it's like it's it's like it obviously when you don't have the video system every it's very like selective of what way you see things, but mm. it's definitely something, a conversation mm. that needs to be had. And like, you, I, you're seen like now when, in the Premier League, when they make a mistake with VAR, they come out and they apologize and all that kind of stuff. That would be nice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm. like we had um the Ashton Morgan, like his card was overturned, like the one against Max Ferrari. Rocco Romeo had uh, his red card, the suspension drops two games, so like they, they should be admitting that they're making these mistakes, and it's a it's a learning curve for everybody in the league, not just the players. It's for everybody, but it just seems to be a thing that nobody seems to want to talk about about trying to up the level. Maybe yeah, um, yeah so. like,
0: from from a PR perspective, I think saying like uh, opening up and like saying I'm sorry probably is worth doing. I mean, to be to be honest, I'm I'm torn, mate, because I am like evangelically against VAR. I hate yeah, VAR. I know. I do. I absolutely despise <laughs> it. So like I I will I, I don't want to go too hard on the ref because I would rather a few decisions like this a season than have every single goal we score, me not be able to fully celebrate because I'm waiting for VAR to rule it out. Like I that it is a trade that is a trade-off I'm 100 percent worth It for me because like I don't celebrate Arsenal goals fully anymore. I haven't done for two years now, and I hate it. Like I can't just like have that massive release and explosion of joy because part of me is going, oh, it might get ruled out. What if someone like pushed someone in the box? Blah blah. blah. So I would rather have this debate, as tedious it is, as tedious as it is throughout the season about refs making poor decisions, than like having the ability to fully celebrate a Wanderers goal taken away. To be honest, so yeah. He, uh, made, he de- made he made a mistake, but he's human. So.
1: I, I definitely feel uh, that we um, it's not going to be the the last time where we're going to be having to talk about it. And you know, um, the fact that they're bringing it up on Moon soccer now too, it's kind of a good thing that they're opening a dialogue about it. And like you know, I think um, people getting into stuff like on online like like on Twitter and you know getting kind of shitty about it and like whatever it's it's I don't think that's going to help like the, the decision is what the decision is but I think it would be a good thing for them to come like for the the soccer or for the I think Canada soccer controls the referee so it's mm. not, not a league thing so for them to come and say something
0: that, that's just my t- I, and, I and the reality is as well like like And it's that that um we've talked about him before, but the the ref on Twitter, Victorian Goon, Victoria yeah. Goon or whatever he is like. Uh, and also Merchant Saley is a ref as well. So he posts about it sometimes like the refs don't make as many mistakes as we think they do. Like this yep. one in this game, 100 percent was a mistake. But I think a lot of the ones we do get annoyed about, like but remember that goal Otto was scored against us last year. Um and it was very controversial because we were like, how was that not offside? It came off the Ottawa player and stuff. Like I was proper like pissed off about that. But then once all the people that actually know what they're talking about were explaining it to me the next day, I was like, oh yeah, I well that was my mistake then because he made a really good decision. So I think yeah, yeah, not as, uh, not as many are bad as we think there.
1: Yeah, and it it's just uh, I think it's just a bit of uh, better PR would 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 really help. And yeah, then
0: agree, agree.
1: Uh, so moving away from that, like I said, like with, with these things, just my last little point on it is like they even themselves out over the year, like you know what I mean. Like there's going to be like as I said in the first half, they could have had a penalty and it wasn't yeah. given, so it's kind of like just you know. Anyway, um, yeah, so... so
0: just that while we're talking about this, I just want to tell a quick story. Um, so when when I was doing the press conference stuff in 2019, um, we we played Valor at Wanderers grounds and. <clears throat> we won with a Nakeem Garcia penalty that was like a super, super contentious penalty. So I get into the press box after the game. I think it's me, Dylan, Merchant Sailor and a couple of others. Um, And Rob Gale bursts in like fucking waving his phone about with the replay of the penalty on the screen, is like, lads, lads, one of you better ask me again about this. It's scandalous. And like, he, like, we'll hover around him while he shows us the replay of the penalty. And he's like, lads, that was not a penalty, was it? And we're like, we're like I, don't know, I don't know. And like, th- th- there's, there's actually a picture of him doing that, showing us it on Reddit somewhere, because someone posted it who was in there. I don't know who. Anyway, so he comes that in. That is and he's amazing. Like, he's like, lads, you better ask me about this penalty. <clears throat> so we're like, oh, all right, yeah, whatever. Press conference starts. Like, First up, I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll take the first one. Um, I'm like, Rob, do you, what? What do you think of that? Do you think it was a penalty? <laughs> and he's like, his answer is like, you know, I can't talk about these things. I'll get a fine. Like, I can't talk about these these sorts of questions. I can't answer them. I'll get a fine. And I was just like, you. <laughs> Oh, you just you, you, to the question exactly you, you've asked you've asked me to ask that so you can think you're some like billy big bollocks manager who gives that sort of answer you absolute slug um oh, go back to go uh anyway yes that's my that's my i don't know how we got onto that but i'm still bitter about it uh, i love, Made it, a I love right it. Me. it
1: it's it's really funny how like you're just uh, there. there's like I, I do the same things. There's like little moments throughout the, the time then the podcast and whatever that just little things that like still irk me about stuff and I'm like I am like I it's just I, I wanna let it go but I fucking can't. Hold uh, a grudge, so... hold a grudge. <laughs> so just uh the fit, like obviously there was some uh there's some afters after the, the goal, like uh I, I I think uh Jan got punched in the stomach. Uh <laughs> There was uh then Kay Lockery came in and pushed somebody and it was all a bit of bit of handbags, but it was kinda like obviously off the back of that the penalty decision and it kinda the, the game kinda had a bit of a spice to it and they're kind of really added to it then towards the end and then mm. uh that free kick at the end. I, I just I, in my heart, when they got it, I was just like, Mm-mm. they're going to fucking score here. Mm. They're going to fucking score. Uh, yeah. And lo and behold, uh, like, it was so fucking.
0: <laughs> I, I turned the volume down before it because I was like, <laughs> I, I was the same as you. I was convinced it was going in, and I knew it would really annoy me hearing how happy their fans and were. I know. So like, I turned the volume down, and then, yeah, I thought I was in as well. It was a massive let off. Uh, yeah. And, and it would have was... been, would have been, uh, would have been. Uh, not undeserved because I thought I th- I think a point was probably.
1: Fair. I, I actually yeah me too I think uh I I, I yeah I think that would have been unfair for us for that goal to go in, but you know I think a point for each side was actually a, a pretty fair result. So, you know one of the big things that came from that is that um and I kind of want to get your opinion on something. Uh, obviously Lorenzo's going to be missing next week for York. He picked up uh, four yellow cards in. Is it five games we've played now, six games, whatever it is? Yeah. So like, is he is he is he like a Paul Skulls and he's just really bad at tackling,
0: or that's I've not thought of that comparison, but that's exactly what he is, yeah. Like 100 percent It
1: it just seems so mad, (laughs) it just seems so weird to me that like because obviously he's playing in the six the position and you're kind of like the 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 line of defense before you hit the strikers and like but it just seems like just so many silly yellow cards that he's picking up. Mm. uh like that he just put himself into this scenario for for nothing really
0: you know what i mean i I wrote about it when i did the i did the season preview um the squad preview on the the blog from aways.com if anyone's interested it's uh, it's uh it's myself probably, a real plug.
1: yeah it's probably the second best wanderers blog out there now
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe third to be honest um <laughs> Just but, kidding, yeah, it's I, amazing. I, I put on there, like, I think he's going to get a few red cards this season. I can't remember why. I, I must have watched something in one of the games that made me think that, but he's he's a terrible tackler. Like, he can't time him for shit, can he? Um, <laughs> br- like Brilliant at everything else, but not a good tackler. So that will not be his last suspension for us. I'm just glad it's only one match. Um, yeah. But but also equally sad that that's one less time we get to see him at Wanderers Grounds.
1: Well, I, f- I feel like you probably you caused this because was it like the last show when you said like you'd like to see him not play a game and see like what exactly. we would do without him so this it, it is your fault but like so how how would you go about setting us up to replace what would you just like re- do a like for like for rampy or would you change mm. the, the formation like what? how would you look at replacing them
0: like what what do we know about Patrice and his style of football like we know that he loves control like almost he's obsessed with having control of the ball and when you lose Lorenzo your key component of keeping the ball then I don't think you can necessarily just plug someone in like for like and expect it to work the same way so what I imagine he'll do is probably The other player we've got who's excellent at controlling the middle of the pitch is Riley Ferrazzo. So I imagine against York, we'll play, we'll do the inverted fullback thing again. And Ferrazzo will tuck in alongside either Rampy or Omar at six and control it that way. So instead of just kind of leaving Lorenzo on an island and saying, just control things because you're good enough to do it by yourself, we'll kind of like structurally adjust a little bit, tuck in the fullback from either the right or left side, it depends, and like try and control things that way instead but I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how we look with without him actually. Um, just to see who's gonna like when you when you when you lose your. I I think I'm paraphrasing Patrice. Here. I think I, the the reason this sentence is in my head is because I read a quotation from him. But like when you when you lose your best player, that just means someone else becomes your best player on the day. And who's gonna be that person? Who's gonna like puff their wow. chest out and say, "Yes, yeah, my team now."
1: Wow, that's a it almost sounds like a brian clough quote jesus that's uh, <laughs> it does, yeah. i love it i love it i love it um yeah i i i i think it is going to be interesting to see um how uh how we kind of set up um i'm really really hoping that um we get our first win uh, like a back at the Wanderers' ground and uh, yeah i'm i'm looking the, forward to it um, yeah, I, th-
0: I think it's so important getting that first win and not lose because the way we are at the moment whether whether the next game is a win or a loss will completely control the narrative around the club and how people view us and our progression as a club. If we win, then we have like we've like got some incredibly tough away fixes out of the way and not lost. If yep. we lose, then oh my god, that's six games and they haven't won and now they've lost as well. It's just it's just gonna, gonna have such an effect on the narrative because like everyone is Everyone's analysis is outcome based, isn't it? Everyone is like, whatever the result is, your analysis is informed by that, rather than being process based, where we're looking at what's happening week by week and all of these little improvements we're making. And I think anyone paying attention to that is feeling very positive. But if if the next game is a defeat, everyone's going to go, oh, we haven't won, and like shit the bed a little bit. And yeah, I'm not.
1: I like I I said this on the last one. Like I'm. Um just i'm just enjoying watching the football like you yeah. know what i mean like obviously a win would be great but i've uh i've really enjoyed the style of play we have i've enjoyed seeing uh aiden daniels like actually play He's brilliant He's play like brilliant, aiden, aiden daniels that we we, we mm-hmm. knew he was mm-hmm. going to be seeing fernandez like just play out of his skin like in that position haven't Watching Lorenzo, like it's it's. There's been so many positives, and it's just nice football to watch. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not turgid, it's not slow. And could could we get could we be better? Yes, obviously. But I I definitely think the league has moved on. Like I mean, like you look at Forge and like the, like I watched the game against Valor yesterday. Valor look really good. Mm. Forge look the <clears> same as what they always do. So it's kind of like. I think we needed a change of system. We needed a change of like to be uh, to match what's happening elsewhere. And I I definitely think we're going in the right direction. Uh, we've,
0: We've just got we've just got to be in touch after eight or nine games because of our first eight games. Two of them are at home and six are away. Like if you, not many teams would pick up that many points from six of eight being away with all the travel it's a team and like remember like we're still learning this way of playing it's not like we. it's not like these players have been working with patrice for the past two years like they're a few months into it and they're still figuring it out it's like learning a new language isn't it like you yeah. learn the alphabet you learn how to decode words you learn how to form sentences and we're probably at like the fucking decoding a three-letter word stage they're still figuring it out so the the team the team will look like the team should look mid-August when we've got quite a lot of home games under our belt they're used to the system and just the hope is that we're still in touch at that point and and I think I think we will be because like we've talked about before the league is so congested no uh, forge aside and I think Pacific a little bit no one aside from those two will go on a run of more than like four or five games winning like it just won't happen in the league as it is so you just want to be in touch. Come august and i think we'll be fine
1: like just like the comparisons to last year like you know we were awful away from home like we've always been awful away from home and the fact that we're like sitting here like upset that we didn't get a win away at calvary uh, uh, calvary is is a testament to how far we've actually kind of come along so i did want to actually just read just just on that subject (laughs) there's obviously the 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 wonderful new blog that um that's online, wanderers notebook.ca. Yes, excellent. Really? Uh, yeah, good. like J- Josh has done a great job. But uh he there was a quote here from uh from Patrice, and I just want to kinda of want to get your thoughts on it. Uh maybe do you think he's feeling a little bit paranoid? I am not too sure. So he says, uh yeah, I just think that all the fans are starting to wonder if this is different than last year. And I think that anytime you've had something bad or you're disappointed, you don't want to get your hopes high. But I think, you know what they got to focus on is these guys are working hard for them. If that's not the core principle of our club, then there's there's something wrong. Sure, things sure things could go disappointing like last year, but if your group is giving you two hundred percent and trying to play the way they want to be seen, just giving the patience and the support they need. So I just want to get your thoughts. Like, do you think that maybe he's feeling a bit of the pressure a little bit, or is that like a message to the fans? Just like give us a chance here. Like we're we're, we're it we're a work in progress.
0: I think he's just managing expectations and showing self-awareness, showing an awareness of, I mean, to, to be honest, if people do think like that, then they're not watching very closely, to be honest. Like if he's read stuff like that online or wherever he's heard stuff like that, like, like I've heard like what, maybe one person saying stuff like that. And I think it was someone who doesn't really watch the club very often. He just kind of dips in and out and looks at results and goes, Oh, we're not winning again. So yeah I don't I don't think that's a fair reflection of how most people feel just anecdotally the people I talk to all feel pretty positive about things um, I certainly do so yeah I think that's Patrice just kind of managing the situation and like showing that he's aware of the neg- any negative dialogue that might be going around but I, I don't know I don't know what it's like for you and your friendship group but for mine it's pretty overwhelmingly positive the way people view the team this season
1: yeah i i I think um like uh, most of the people i've talked to have been pretty optimistic you know like i I think they are really happy with the the level of players that we've recruited i thought we recruited really well and the system it's it's a lot better to watch and i think uh, i think that's the main thing that people like are going i'm watching the games and actually just enjoying the football and like mm. the results aren't obviously we want to win but at the same time though it's it's more the fact that we can you can see something you know so yeah. um yeah I, I just i just you know i just i just saw that and i just thought it would be kind of worth mentioning uh josh does an amazing job over there at wanderersnotebook.ca it's a great interview with uh patrice if you get a chance to uh check it out you should you should also check out the one that gary did with patrice before the season over at uh from aways.com gary yeah uh, two plugs know. in one episode i
0: know James. i know well you
1: know I, I think you know it's uh it's not just <laughs> there's many strings to your bow and i think that uh you and Josh are fantastic writers and it's great that we have so many people and I've mentioned it before that are uh, dipping into um, uh, reporting on the club and it's uh, it's great to see. I
0: I like how prolific he is like he doesn't he does he like he committed to the post-match articles much like I did and stopped doing it after like three weeks but like he's actually carried on and he's doing like stuff from the training ground and um, it's nice like I feel like Between you and I, we were producing 90% of, and and Dylan actually, 90% of Wanderers material for a a few seasons. And like I always wanted to read stuff and listen to stuff that wasn't, I didn't do. Yeah, exactly. So like his stuff, Wanderers Notebook and the other podcast that Martin and Matt from the coast are doing, Wanderer Wanderer Grounds or Wanderers Ground. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's like the Wanderers Ground. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, yeah. it's good to have that to listen to as well to hear other opinions not just our bullshit
1: yeah exactly and like you know his, uh he, he did a really good uh, article with um, dan nimick as well which was really mm. w- well written and uh, um worked out it's it's kind of a different for me it's like you know like i interview the players and you get like a 20 25 minute chat with them and it's whatever i i, I feel like uh, just <laughs> it's obviously a different thing to be have to write a lot down like I don't know how you guys do mm. it like I'd like to, to get a transcript and do whatever like it's uh so it's it's fantastic I, I really so enjoy it, reading your stuff it's and like his,
0: so. picking out without getting like too granular like when when they're talking always like trying to think like what what details are interesting and like what can you build around and like I or, like always kind of like knowing when you're writing it up when to when to give the information yourself and when to kind of get out the way and use the quotation to explain the interview, what's going on and what they're feeling. Instead, it's like that balance, yeah. Um, between anyway, that's bullshit. You writery stuff, but yeah, that's that's the, no, the, uh, the, uh, the alchemy uh, of trying to like fit all the quotes in your own words together is, is fun. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I like I said, like it's a, it's a it's a skill, like it's a big skill, and uh, you know, um, you you two are really good at it. So yeah, um, just before we go, Gar, uh, you're a man of the match.
0: Um, hmm. I'm gonna do like kind of a composite for this match and the Valor match collectively, and say, um, Dan Nimick, who I think he's nice. probably he's probably deserved it earlier than this game because he's been consistently fantastic. Um, what a fi- What a find! Like what what a bit of scouting to go into NCAA and find a player like that and convince him that this is a project worth pursuing because he's he's. Just a, such a good centre back, such a good modern, athletic, pacey centre back. Really good passer as well. Someone, someone put together a compilation of his passes and actions against Valor, and the, he's got so many. He's got so many passes on him. Great tackler, great one-on-one defender. Super athletic. So yeah, really, really happy he's with us this season. And uh, he's one mate. Like the first game he doesn't play in, we all notice he's not playing big time. Yeah. So yeah, Dan Nimick he, for me.
1: Yeah, he's uh, like mate, I, I've uh I just enjoy like I, I kind of like watching Defenders and I, I I he's been phenomenal just his reading of the game and like his ability to use uh his strength to like push like people out of the way and like you know just kind of let the ball mm-hmm. go behind so like he's, he's 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 great to watch on as you said like, what a phenomenal um pass for the ball it's it's yeah. great um I I'm, I I I'm I, I'm not even gonna go into the valor game, so I, I think on this one I'm gonna give it to, uh, to, to Fernandez. I thought he was yeah deserved. Normal. Yeah, I think he had a great game. Um, it kind of feels nice not to be given one to uh, Lorenzo, so it's kind of like, yeah. Can we,
0: really quickly before we finish, just a word as well on I know you mentioned it earlier, but Aiden Daniels because he would have been a close second for me. I, f- I think he's having a really really good season, and it's worth saying because I think you and I were a bit. Disappointed yeah. with him a lot last I think, season. I think
1: everybody was, to be perfectly yeah. honest.
0: And I, I think he's really, he's really popping this season, and he's really looking, he's really looking switched on, and like he's enjoying his football. And I loved his reaction to Fernandez's goal yesterday. He like proper celebrated it and was proper happy. And I think if you look at him a lot last season, he didn't project any sort of joy. <laughs> he just looked yeah. like, quite, like he felt quite sad all season. It felt like to me. Um, but he seems to be enjoying his football and he's playing really, really well.
1: Yeah, because like towards the end of last season, like he wasn't playing very much and he was kind of playing in sports. And like, I, I he definitely it's such a cliche, and I'm sorry, but like he does seem like a confidence player. Mm. And you know, like last season, I just think that he didn't go the way he wanted to. He probably wasn't playing in the position he wanted to. And I think, uh, you know, when we were talking to Jordan, like they like they, he. Quite rightly said, that he's a really, really technically good footballer, but they need more from him in the defensive part of the game. And I definitely you can see he's running his bollocks off, which last year I think was what was upsetting people that it was a a perception of him not putting the effort in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, something would go wrong and he'd just be like, whatever. And he even said it himself, I think, in one of his interviews, like, that you know, like, I'm not making a 10-yard run or something like that. But uh, Mm -hmm. this year yeah um and i think i think it's i think it's right for you to do that that you know if somebody uh, we're like a little bit critical of like we should also be willing to you know give them the, the kudos when it's there too so Great uh time. fair fair play to you yeah um yeah man it's been uh it's been a good one uh back to the wanderers grounds next week so uh hopefully, hopefully i'll see you there
0: <laughs> see you there mate thank right. you take care buddy bye So drink off the get out. Out of block,